You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show on Desert Rock FM 96.5, sitting here in Koala Studios in downtown Batuta. And today we have a very generous guest. He's made his way all the way to Batuta from uh, the southern uh, Victorian... The cold country. The cold country. And he's actually quite accomplished. Of late, he's definitely been hitting his straps. Uh, You might know him as a rapper. You might know him as a record label owner. You might know him as a comedy writer. You might know him as all range of things. He's a slashy across the uh, creative space. And his name is Angus Briggs. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Angus is in the house, definitely. Thank you for coming up here, Lockie. It's been fantastic to have you here. It's great. You know, if you knew I was coming, you could have at least cleaned the glasses as I sip from this dusty old thimble. That's good artesian bull water. You're drinking there, Lockie. It's fantastic. Now, we're just using an assortment of uh, white names for you because that's how Virgin have treated you in your quest for velocity points. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the main goal is the chairman's lounge. Yeah, chairman's lounge. That's where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a chairman. I am a CEO. Yeah. I've seen some other people in, you know, the regular lounge that I'm like, jeez. Yeah. I shouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm at least a little bit better. So is there actually another, like a chairman's lounge? Because I've only there's ever heard secret, whispers. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. There's a secret lounge. Yeah. Right. And like we have this great online banter with, with Virgin Australia, and it's fantastic until I mention that special lounge. Yeah. And then it stops. And it's, they got your name wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angus, well, Angus. Angus well, Briggs. I, know I, I just roll with it. I know that Qantas has, has a chairman's lounge that uh, all the pollies get access to all the all the big execs. I'm not sure that Virgin does. Uh, no, Virgin definitely Virgin does. Virgin does. Yeah, I, the entrance Who to the Virgin one, I don't know, man. Like other other CEOs, accomplished blokes. Yeah. I know a few of my mates have been in there, so that's how I know it exists. No girls. Actually, I think... <laughs> no girls. <club>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big doona covered over the front. You can't yeah, girls <laughs> keep out. Um, Dylan Alcott has chairman status. Does, does he? he? Yeah. That motherfucker. That's what, what I've heard. Is that a pun? No. Okay. <laughs> what up, Dill? <laughs> Love you, dog. Uh, and thank you, Adam Briggs, for coming out here and joining us. Mate, what are you working on right now? Um, new music. That's what I've got. This is, this is part of a new album? Yeah. Yeah, it's part of a new a new string of releases, mm-hmm. Briggs for PM. Yeah. Part of my retirement plan. Yeah. You know, I realized, you know, that there's a, a huge age disparity between white people and black people in this country and if i'm to enjoy my twilight years i've got to bow out now-ish yeah Yeah. right i've probably got you know 20 years left maybe maybe so i'm just trying to enjoy those well this is usually the time you kind of cookie cutter politician would enter politics would would start making their dash for pm so you're saying right now you're at where malcolm turnbull was 10 years ago i'm at where malcolm Turnbull was 10 months ago. Okay. Right on. <laughs> on the home stretch. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might have an opening too. I mean, you you could have entered politics through Andrew Broadseat. You know, he's up in uh, in the... Uh, in. I'm sorry if there's anyone from Mildura. <laughs> yeah. You could have taken Andrew Broadseat, who was the Nationals guy who was, you know, he was just like, oh, you know, 
I'm from the country, which means I can fly a plane, <laughs> ride a horse, and fuck my woman. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> well, at least he got that in the right order. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said that I'm going to fly my woman. <laughs> fuck that my horse. horse. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Mildura, also known as Broken Hills, Adelaide. <laughs> Not too far from where you grew up, I guess. I mean, uh, it's about four or five hours. Four or five. I mean, when you got to drive, yeah. but like. Mm. Same, same. I've yeah. got cousins along that whole stretch yeah. from Shepparton to Swan Hill, Robin Vale to Mildura. Now, you're the Yorta man. Correct. Is that that part of the world as well? Yeah, Shepparton. Shep yeah, around okay. Shepparton, like to the border across the, the Murray there. Yeah. Around near Echuca. Yeah. Moama, which means place of the dead. Right, huh? Echuca. Moama. Moama. Yeah. I'm not sure what Echuca means. That might be someone's name. I'm not sure, yeah. but Moama is place of the dead. Right, yeah. So yeah, that's the, the little so tidbit. Do you know for why it. it's called that? That's just because where we that's where we put you. All right, okay. Well, me, okay. I think I think that's, me. that's the name of the next album. Actually, yeah. Thanks for PM, Place of the Dead. Yeah, let's. Me. No, no. How you. about we kill Errol and we put him in the ground down? Oh, in he Victoria. was. Admittedly, that's was. A, it's a good make, part of the ground. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's a nice ground. Well, he was, he I'm was making direct eye contact when he said that, so I can understand Errol. Yeah. Uh, assuming that. No, I was just trying to. I was just trying to iterate the point. I'm not going to kill you yet. No guns, no weapons, only hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Hand to hand. Old school. Yeah, you'll have to do me the old-fashioned way, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer Angus. <laughs> Aaron. Now, um, speaking of hand-to-hand -hand combat, tell us a little bit about growing up in Shepherd. <laughs> I just like... It, it's like a... It's a rural city, right? Yeah. So it's like... Would you call it a regional epicenter? Yeah, it's a gateway. Yeah, beautiful. It's, it's mm. a gateway to the fruit bowl... Goulburn Valley. Of Australia. Yeah, right. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked in that factory. Did you? Yeah. SPC. Um, but yeah, it's like any rural city of that socio-economic mm. stature. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like Wagga. It's mm. like Albury, Dubbo. Tamworth, yeah. Yeah, Bathurst. yeah. Yeah. It's like all those, you know, 50,000 population. Yeah. You know, because of all the surrounding little towns around it and stuff like that. It's yep. um, it's pretty iced out. Yeah. Now, That's what's like, happening out there. And not in like a, not in like a wrapper way. Jewelry, yeah. no. <laughs> no, huh. in, in like a, in like a tracksuit and stabby way. Yeah. How long's it been like that for? <sighs> you reckon? It really started, like, I guess like the last 10 years. Really, really? picked up. So you don't remember it as a teenager. It's kind of happened Nah, since. it was more like when I was a kid. It was more, it was just Yandy, you know, everyone yeah. smoking weed. Yeah. It wasn't too much, like, a lot of speed. Yeah, goey. Yeah, goey. Yeah. Did but, anything happen? Like, did a mine close or did a factory shut, you know, did, like where the... Yeah, I, like, I think it's like, because it, it, it is like fruit. Yeah. Fruit and vegetables, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's an orchard town. Yeah. yeah. It's a truck junction too, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's how all the ice gets around now, doesn't it? Ice road truckers. In the back of trucks. <laughs> But like you know, so people pass through. It's yeah, yeah. It's one of those places. But you know, it's also got you know one of the highest indigenous populations, mm -hmm. and that's where you know I grew up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you've been to those towns like Aubrey, Wagga, all that, it's those are no no. Yeah, you know now, that is. You a lot of you kind of uh, music has been based around Shep, which actually was, um, and we, we've written about this. Uh, before it's it's quite interesting to see someone who wrote an album dedicated to Shepparton win an urban album. 
<laughs> Super urban. Very urban. Very urban what I did there. Um, rural urban. Yeah. yeah. Urban. <laughs> Keith Urban. Yeah, it's very... Yeah, it's... The Keith uh, country urban, urban. country music. Yeah. No, it's... Um, I think, you know, that was just about creating my story. And, like, I'd never really seen... Um, like, I'd, I'd heard about Sydney... I'd heard about Melbourne, mm-hmm. but I never really heard about where everyone, you know, grew up mm-hmm. or lived. You know, Brad Strout was from Yarrawonga. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where people roll up and say, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that line. That was some really you know gentle I mean? lyricism there. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? So there's like, there's these, there's these towns in that, that where people lived, yeah. people grew up. Because like, if I moved to Melbourne and just rapped about Melbourne. Yeah. I'm like, you know, a hundred other MCs that yeah. all just want to rap about Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that Hursty, I mean? <laughs> yeah, the Hursty line. Yeah. You know, but like, I leave that to the dudes who did that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, my thing was like embracing that kind of country attitude mm-hmm. of you know where I'm from. Yeah, because it's like that's what the South was about. Yeah, yeah. You know, Master P. Mm-hmm. And, and cash Nelly. money and yeah. yeah yeah for real Nelly yeah. you know all these dudes outcast yeah. yeah it was about Atlanta it yeah. wasn't about LA and it wasn't and they were country too they were yeah, country yeah 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 they were country as yeah. fuck you yeah. know what I mean like you know Scarface you know 3-6 from Memphis you know there was these other places that were super interesting to mm-hmm. hear about and they had their own you know slang and everything they did was was their own thing and like from, that's what I wanted to bring with the Shep Life record mm-hmm. was that kind of energy of like, all right, I'm a rap about where I'm from, mm-hmm. and people responded to it. You know, all the imagery around that was from my hometown. Yeah, like the Bad Apples clip was shot like ten minutes out the road. You know, all my family was cast in it. Yeah, that's who was in it. You know what I mean? Those so kids, yeah. They're all- yeah, that's all my nephews. Yeah, right. Okay. No, well, the local localism is something that hip hop, urban music has that other music doesn't have, unless of course you're talking like. Some old Johnny Cash stuff where he's singing about, you know, some town he's lived in. That is actually something that appeals to a lot of people right around the world. I mean, you listen to the UK stuff, they're rapping about whatever suburb they're living in in London. The ends. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, America's always done that quite well. Straight out of Compton is a perfect example. Astra- actually, Australia hadn't done much of that. No. 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 Unless it was really like the hilltops where, you know, there's only so much that you can say about about Adelaide until it keeps going around in circles, you know, isn't it? <laughs> no, the city of light. You know? City of churches. Fucking iced coffee. <laughs> Fuck me. Pile of crumbles. Oh, what up, stuff? You'll be listening too. And he, he's, he loves Adelaide. Yeah, they yeah. all do. They all still live there. No everyone's here. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, no. Just but, good people. Yeah, no, just good people. That's why we didn't have And jail. bodies in barrels. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Snowtown rap. Yeah. Straight Snow out of Snowtown. Snow yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got some lyrics here from Shep Life. The, yeah. uh, the single from... What was it? Was it the... You released this as the single for the album Shep Life. Yeah, this was like a... It might have been a third single maybe. Yeah. I can't remember the release schedule on that one now. This is a, this is a particularly uh, good little parcel of uh, lyricism by um, Adam Briggs. Stage name Briggs. <laughs> Only harnessed your life when you're down at the trots. Even the matchbox cars are sitting on blocks. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, all your shit got pawned. 
No toys in the house. They're all on the lawn. Even Jehovah's Witness are going to court and Mormons, they won't even knock on the door. <laughs> That's what it's like in Shep? Yeah. Yeah. There was another line there that I like that you could only hose half your lawn because of all, all, all the little kids smoking billies. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true, man. I remember it is. my nan got a new... My nan got a hose and, man, that was like comically... It's short. <laughs> it was comically hearing in two inch increments. <laughs> Just comically short, man. There you go. Twenty feet hose minus sixteen bongs means you can only water about half of your lawn. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that was? Do you think that was a uh, that shot you somewhere in in the scene? This particular uh, that record album? did. Yeah. yeah. That record. Yeah. Yeah. That that album. That was a real momentum thing. Like, I was real disillusioned with with um, rap music in Australia around then because I was like, ah, what's the point? You know what I mean? So, you know, my last album came out and, like, I was in this weird place, this limbo, you know what I mean, where when you see someone from the band, you're, like, working their job. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that. There's this weird limbo of, like, where... Video store. <laughs> yeah, for real, where, you like, you're not really making it. Yeah. But you're still known, and it's real frustrating. Yeah. It's like everyone thinks you're you're popping off because you got like a CD in a store, yeah. but you're not making ends meet. So that was me after the blacklist. Yeah. And then like around Shep Life, you know, I was real sick of like the racism, not from um, other rappers, but from punters. Yeah. You know, everyone like, oh, you look, you you look the white biggie. Yeah. I mean, I'm not white. <laughs> <laughs> that the, the Australian hip hop fan. Actually, prior to, you know, probably around the time you were releasing this music was a very unique breed, wasn't it? Mm. It was- and it really switched, man. Like, from when I discovered Australian hip-hop, like, in the early, like, super like late 90s, early 2000s, like, it was still pretty diverse. Yeah. You know, there was, like, 1,200 techniques and, and other crews, you know what I mean? Um, Howie. Yeah, yeah, for real. How, mm-hmm. you know, there was, and there was like dudes like Reason who always rapped about, you know, indigenous stuff as well. So there was like this, this conscious, like smart kind of dialogue happening. And then like, like the mid 2000s, it just went to shit. Yeah. Like it was just like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. Like yeah. who the, who stopped checking these kids? Like, <laughs> There was this rhetoric of like, nah, we like Aussie hip hop. We don't like that American shit, mm. which was like just this veiled. Yeah, I like white rap. I don't like black stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what it read to me. Yeah, you know, we don't like American that shit. Yank shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like why? Yeah. Well, there's nothing we can identify with. It's like, oh man, <laughs> I'm not trying to identify with this. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and like, but everyone. Who was making it from the hoods to, you know, lyrical commission? They all grew up on the Juice Crew, yeah, yeah, yeah. from you know, from Queens and Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they all grew up, so you know they were clued in. They knew what was going on, what this was like. Like we all knew that we all were very aware that this was a black, you know, or you know whatever Latino. Artful, yeah. But it had taken this. Like the punter had taken its own view on it, where it was like this super white thing. Yeah. Well, and just like in the sixties and seventies, when 
most of America thought rock and roll music was created by Elvis Presley. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> well, was like, you know, and then there was that you know, Chuck Berry dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. But then there was like, you know, all that Eminem. Yeah. You know, because he was massive too. And then suddenly he was the greatest rapper of all time. Mm. And like, arguably. He is. Yeah. He, he's, he's he's not bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the stadium say he's all right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. and like technically fantastic, mm. but there was this real ignorance to what the movement mm-hmm. actually yeah. was. And like, there was just this gross, like, Cronulla flag cape, <laughs> you know, <laughs> bullshit. Big yeah. day out, too. Yeah, big day out, flag cape, zinc yeah. cream. Yeah fucking festival song bullshit yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. that was like yeah that was just raining down and like i really wanted to confront that mm. with my record and yeah. be like all right i'm gonna give my truth mm-hmm. and tell my story from a regional standpoint from an indigenous kid growing up in a regional rural city whatever you want to call it who had tongan friends mm-hmm. turkish friends you know what I mean? Like white friends, obviously, because I put my record out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know. For what I mean? now. For, for now. <laughs> but, you know, that whole, you know, that was the whole point of yeah. like driving that home. And then that really sparked. I really stopped giving a fuck because that was like, if this is the last thing I do, yeah. this is it. I'm going to tell my story from this at this point in this window. Yeah. Yeah, because the the mid two thousands in Australia that was a very strange time in 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 our music history. Cargo shorts and Hawaiian Think shirts, cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah, and I, I Von Dutch. If, <laughs> and uh, you know, there was a band that had its own had their name on the side of it. That uh, what's that band from Queensland, um, from Brisbane? Powderfinger. Powderfinger, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know exactly who they are. <laughs> well, they had an airplane with their name on on the side. You know, you had people there like Jet, you know, and Grinspoon and something yeah. for Kate. So it was a scene that largely sounded the same and there wasn't much variety there. Mm. Yeah, and, and then Bliss and Esso just shot through the shot, stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> their potato <laughs> cakes, not scallops. <laughs> <laughs> that was the hurt. <laughs> that was the hurt. scallops. Yeah, it's funny. That's an interesting point you make because, particularly, you know, the names we just mentioned uh, were targeting regional kids. A lot of them, you know, just that that little yeah. kid that wears his cap just a little bit to the side. They, they peaked, the, peaked beanies. Peaked, eh? peaked beanies. Heenies. <laughs> they, they were the core demo. And then you, you come along and, and you've got a bit, you know, you've got a, a lot of different influences in what, and a lot of different themes that you're talking about. Like you said, indigenous kid, uh, rural kid. You actually released a real fucking townie album. Yeah. And did you find you kind of dragged a few of them? You brought them with you? A few of those guys that would have whose only other outlet was like listening to people rap about festivals and oh yeah for sure like yeah. I, I felt like the response to it people from home are like like what the fuck <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like some people were like yeah like some of the town councillors were like this isn't my town <laughs> you know it's like shut up man like but yeah. like you know we had like some horrendous racism you know what yeah. i mean so like I had to report on that. I had mm. to reflect on mm. that. Where where my old man's footy club is, the Rumbalara Football Club, you know, someone had put up a street sign that said Coon Drive. 
Like, and this is like two thousands. Yeah. Like, and your young adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. This was is like, like peak Howard. <laughs> yeah, for real. In yeah. peak Howard, the football club joined uh, um, joined the division, even though none of the divisions wanted an all Indigenous football club. Yeah. Right. Um, and one of the clubs within the division were um, affectionately known as the Niggers. Like a, a non-Indigenous yeah. football team was yeah. called that. Yeah, the All Blacks. They were the niggers. Jesus Christ. So, you know, you can edit this out if it's too much. But um, they had, like, they're, like, you know, we'd be standing on the field as kids and the supporters on the side, you know, come on, the niggers! It's like, what? No, who it's are they going for? They're <laughs> 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 cheering my dad on? <laughs> yeah, oh, is that for us? <laughs> but, like, you know, we'd be, like, 12 years old playing... Footy, yeah, and then like you know, and their th- their club theme song, man. Yeah, right. Oh, we're from Niggerland. What? And no one sort of thought maybe that was probably a bit a bit in- red hot. Yeah, well, they inappropriate. They now, eventually but, switched know, it. Like yeah. this is after, begrudgingly. This yeah. is after the world. This is ninety eight. Yeah, this is nineteen ninety eight. I would have been twelve. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, I think the world changed a lot for the good. <laughs> We might be editing that out. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, well, yeah, yeah. As we said, if I want to Or we could just have like one long beep, yeah, and, one long beep. <laughs> and keep that just between us. Yeah, well, I guess that's it. People will ask us for years what the hell Errol just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's that just gives yeah. you a glimpse, <laughs> like that kind of like that's one story, yeah. that's one aspect mm-hmm. of the town, of the area I grew up. Yeah. So which which is interesting because and and we and we we hear this a lot from um, you know uh, Murray's Curries they find Victoria is is a is, is a different kind of racism as well. Because in, in, particularly up north, there's 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 not as many people around, so yeah. you can't really afford to yeah. just be so blatantly, you know, discriminatory to you know to your neighbour. Mm. Do you find that down south, or I find I find the racism up north is more interpersonal. Yeah, I don't feel it's like I, I I definitely like not to say that it's like it's not as harmful or anything like that, but it definitely feels a little bit more off the cuff. Yeah. Whereas from home and, like, especially in a place when I go to Western Australia, it feels like it's educated. Yeah, like, yeah. it feels ingrained and this is fact. And it's not a gap. Yeah. No, this no. isn't off-the-cuff racism. Yeah. This is the fact of life. Yeah. And because that's the way, you know, it's been presented. You know, it was especially, in the you know, in the West, being the last colonised and the quickest colonised, you know what I mean? There's, you know... There's a definite difference, but yeah, around the southeast, you know, obviously there's a lot of farming and and whatnot, and the biggest threat to farming is indigenous ownership yeah. of land. So there is a a systematic kind of racism that's you know that is a lesser than you yeah. know what I mean, and you know to abolish us to you know. Have sheep, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, and and also you feel it. You can just feel it when you see it on the, in in the news. I remember 
what what year was it? 2014, 2015, watching that Adam Goods thing play out. Mm. Up north, people couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on. And particularly rugby league fans. Like, you're going to tell me there's a whole stadium blowing an Aboriginal player? Like, how much time do you spend booing people? It's like, imagine... We've only got 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah. We've only got 80 minutes and most of the players are Aboriginal anyway. So you, yeah. just, you, you leave the stadium with a hoarse voice. Just, I think that's uh, that could be part of it, yeah. is is the difference between NRL and AFL. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of both mm, both yeah. codes. I guess like the NRL having such a massive um, Indigenous presence and also Islander presence, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a bit different and, you know, the whole... I think um, the Southeast is really arrogant. Yeah. They think that they've cured racism or something yeah. like that, that... You know, I oh know we have NADOC Week, yeah, and yeah. and we we have our acknowledgement to country. Didn't you see uh, that no. acknowledgement of country in my email header? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing that really fucking grinds my gears about Melbourne. That <laughs> this they was fucking harp on about being like, you know, the best place in the country where you know a lot of the issues in this country would be solved if Melbourne snapped off and just <laughs> sunk into the bite. <laughs> just start again. <laughs> you know, just. I love Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> he spent a lot of time living <laughs> I spent a lot of time hanging know, out man. in Melbourne. I'm not sold on Melbourne at all. <laughs> I think it's overrated. Did you do an acknowledgement of country for Batuta? On our live show? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We brought uh, the special envoy out for that. Um, <laughs> Uncle Tony. <laughs> Uncle Tony yeah, came out for that one with the beads Uncle on. Uncle Tony Abbott, yeah. yeah. He came out. Uncle T. Yeah. yeah. It, it was interesting going down to Melbourne to do our show down there because we noticed the crowd was a bit more guarded than they were elsewhere yeah. around the country. And I think that's because they're very conscious of not offending anyone until they are offending people, I guess it is. Mm, I think as well as like Melbourne's very spoiled. Yeah. It's a very like, you know, arts, theatre mm-hmm. kind of city too. Yeah. So uh, they kind of give the performers the attitude of like, you know, oh, we see 10 of your week. Yeah, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you're not special. You better be great because yeah. this is Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, I guess that <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you can make be- it in Melbourne, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, if you make it in Melbourne, you can definitely make it in Adelaide, maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Melbourne always, has always had a standoffish. Yeah. Like, even yeah. as a hometown for me, like, in the sense of performing a capital, yeah. um, it's always nearly the hardest work yeah for sure because they are always standing back with their arms crossed yeah ready to what's yeah, he got what's know? he got go home and what's blog about you exactly <laughs> now, now you no, tell us I, a little bit about uh, the NRL You've where you grew up you were kind of close enough to the to the uh, rugby league kind mm. of heartland, I guess. Wagga's not far away, and that's where it kind of begins. Yeah, Aubrey, Aubrey. you know, because like I'd go visit my cousins in Aubrey, and I'd be like, what the fuck are those posts? <laughs> 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 they, they're missing the point post, Dad. <laughs> They've just got these two in the bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, NRL, like, my old man um, was just pretty big on sports. Mm-hmm. And so, like, enjoying sports was just how we went. Like, I started out as a massive um, Canberra Raiders because, mm-hmm. you know, they were the closest city. Oh, and you also had, you know, Laurie Daly. Oh, yeah, big look. You know, and... Um, but I remember when I was a kid, uh, a family friend, Justin, he took us all on a trip. Yeah. 
with my old man, like the bus load of us went down to the first ever um, State of Origin in Melbourne yeah, right. at the MCG, and that blew my mind. Yeah. And ever since then, I was like, yeah, okay. I can mess with this. And Storm, Storm now. Yeah, yeah right. just because go Storm, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Foundation member. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Storm. Storm, yeah. they, they look after me real well. Ticket magnet over here. Yeah, I'm have about you, it. Have you ever been over to Molly's house? No. No, because no, no. I've heard that all the... Uh, all the Storm boys get to go over there every now and then. Well, he hosts Mad Monday when they win stolen premierships. He fucking would, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah. Stolen. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> I reckon he, <laughs> would, he would know how to party too, Molly. 100%. He would know what to fucking he do. He knows where a party is at. Yeah. But, you know, how do you... All these, like, stolen premierships, eh, and, like, stuff like... How do you... Like, you, you can't give them back. You know, they're one. It's, it's like they had the moment. The fireworks went off. Well, you can't collect the fireworks. Well, it's- they've given up on like trying to take it off Cronulla. They're just like, you guys have never won one. <laughs> You've had enough. We gave you one. We're going to just pretend you didn't spend two years cheating the salary cap and taking steroids. <laughs> pretend. I reckon they should actually get everyone back in. <laughs> Make them go again. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just, just like- re refield the exact same teams <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, Glenn Lazarus has to play again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marcus Bye. <laughs> but, like, that's the whole... Um, yeah, like I've I've always like I remember when Joe Watson gave back his Brownlow, and then they was it Mitchell or someone got his Brownlow in like a got given Job's what Brownlow in like a lunchtime ceremony. It's like what's what's yeah. like a luncheon? Yeah, yeah. Like you got little shit sandwiches and you got given the Brownlow. Like what a like I'd rather not win one. I reckon. Well, who was that Olympian? The uh, the lady Marion. Marion Jones? Marion Jones. Yeah. Marion yeah. Jones. Imagine getting your gold medal moment 10 years later after the, the you'd won silver. Yeah. And then the gold medal winner was found to be a drug cheat 10 years later and they discreetly gave. It's like, yeah. it doesn't matter unless you're on the blocks and get the gold medal. Oh, but that's the whole thing, man. It's like, well, it's like that's what I mean. Like, what are you going to do? Like, like the, the premierships, the fireworks went off, the tickets went off. You know what I mean? Like, everyone already lifted up the trophy and like you can't the, the moment has already been won it's on people's skin forever with for tattoos <laughs> yeah for real but like that's it's such a bizarre thing to me it's like ah oh, man nah we're gonna take him off you it's like oh, good yeah, luck but you never hear about it in the AFL do you you know all these teams having to give him back and you know well, just, the, just the brown low yeah just that the brown low. and what was that on was that based on drugs yep yeah right Performance enhancing. Yeah. What would you take for performance enhancing AFL drugs? Fucking Ritalin? Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> like jumpy. J- just before you go on. Some speed. Flubber. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a couple of rums just to, you know, just to calm you down a bit. Just or to, or to up. fire you up a bit. Just to you warm know. you up. Now, now, tell us what's this next song, this this song you're releasing on the 12th? What's that? Um, it's um, this song it's, called, it's called Life is Incredible. Yeah. I wrote it when I was in Los Angeles um, last, late last year. Mm-hmm. I was in Los Angeles and Pauline Hansen, um, another great Queenslander, mm. who had, um, <laughs> you know, pre- presented her. <laughs> it really makes you wonder why up here in Queensland we have the smart state on our license plates. <laughs> Is it spelt right? Yeah, it is. Smrat. Smrat state. Um, she'd, she'd tabled that movement that it's okay to be white. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, it's fucking fantastic to be white. Yeah. 
It's like life, like, it's incredible, mm. in fact. It's like, look at these great things you don't have to worry about. Mm. It's like, it's okay to be white. No shit. Yeah. Fucking uh, golf clubs. Uh, fucking everything. Yeah. Movie or- stars. <laughs> swimming pools. Yeah. Orchestras. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic things. Modern family. Yeah. <laughs> Sunrise. Yeah. Whole Foods. <laughs> Swimming pools, sunrise, carry on candle. I mean, there's a lot of uh, perks that come with white culture, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, bin tangs, Tim Tams, <laughs> Volkswagens. Yeah, tangs, Tim Tams. Now, now t- skid pants, <laughs> skiing. Uh, <laughs> your last album, Shep Life, as, as we mentioned, you were kind of biting the curb of, you know, a political album. But then you went straight into that with the next one, which was the duo with AB Original. Mm. What kind of blowback did you experience? I mean, first of all, I don't really need to uh, go into just how certain movements in Australia would have really hated that album, namely because you named it after one of these movements, (laughs) (laughs) Reclaim Australia. Isn't it fantastic? Yeah, it was was a great great title, great album cover. That was like... Honestly, that's probably the best idea I've had in five years. I yeah, Reclaim Australia. <laughs> Naming that album Reclaim Australia. <laughs> and then, of course, you did the song with Dan Sultan, mm-hmm. January 26. Yep. What immediate blowback, and I'm sure it would have been immediate, what kind of blowback did you get from from the people who may have a more crimson yeah. uh, curvature shape oh. to their spine? <laughs> um, did you have to call the AFP or you know? The AFP were called on us. <laughs> <laughs> there was... Um, there was talk about us being watched. Right. Yeah, just because it was like, you know, it was very, you know, anti-government. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really like to think of the album as anti-government or mm-hmm. it's, it's more pro-black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pro-Indigenous, um, pro-Kuri, pro-Nanga, Maori. You know what I mean? That's what it was for me. Yeah. Because when we made the record, it was originally going to be an EP. And um, we showed we showed our friends, showed yeah. the hoods. Mm-hmm. Um, suffer and he was like wow you guys should do an album make an album of that mm-hmm. and I was like yeah alright bet the heart and soul of it was to make the album we wish we had when we were kids mm-hmm. like the album that would have set us off on our journey way quicker yep. because we didn't know that we could make rap music we didn't you know we didn't we, we knew how guitars worked and we knew that that was allowed because Archie Roach played them mm-hmm. and Troy Cassadaly and Kev. Yeah, and Kev, Carmody. You know what I mean? These yeah. guys played guitar, so we knew that that was achievable for us. But, like, making rap music, that was an American thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until later on we figured that out. But, like, we had to make this album for those kids that was like us. Like, that was first foremost. Like, whenever we were in the booth, that was the rule. So what would you want to hear when you were a kid? Like, you know, we'll listen to, like, Fuck the Police and Cop Killer and mm-hmm. all these Ice-T joints and Ice Cube. You know, like, really intense kind of stuff and it's like if we can't do that what's the fucking point of doing anything yep. that's what the heart and soul of that record was and then like just by virtue it was going to be political because we're black yep. you know what I mean we're indigenous so that's just what happens how is it received um, in the communities like yeah you know, you know the people that were always going to be angry yeah. were angry yeah 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 and so it didn't matter you yeah. know, what if I released an album that was all about, 
how good it was to be white. No one would let me do it. It's like, why do you need That's an album for Bliss that? That's called Bliss and Yeah, they call that Day of the Dog. It's got flying colours. Vulture Street. <laughs> but like, you know, it was like this whole thing of like, if I said that, I'd be racist. It's like, yep. That's how it works. You know what I mean? But like, the people that were always going to be angry uh, are just that. Yeah. Like, they're always going to be pissed off. So you can't... And Like, that was the whole thing. It's like, we don't make music for them. Yeah. You don't like it? Fuck you. Did you get to gauge the reaction, though, of the kids that you were making it for? Yeah, because we've seen it on the Instagram. We've yeah. seen it on... We've seen it on Snapchat. You know, kids were banging it at parties and playing it in the car. Mm-hmm. And it was finally something from home... Mm-hmm that they could be proud about and it was like fuck this sounds like this sounds as sonically as good as as yeah. as the rap music that we come up with yep. like it, it wasn't some they didn't have to pretend to like it you know yeah. what I mean yeah. they didn't have to champion it just because it was black they yeah. could champion it because it was black and they felt it you know yeah. what I mean and yeah. it was good and you know we really pride ourselves on the fact that we got to do that like we get to you know, there was a space on the mantle mm-hmm. where this album was meant to sit. Yep. And it's been missing. You know what I mean? Like this album, this fuck you album mm-hmm. from Indigenous Australia was always missing in that sense. It was like we've always had great indigenous artists doing like amazing things from Archie to Kev mm-hmm. to Troy, Christina Arnu, you know what I mean? Everyone doing all these fucking fantastic things, but there was never this youth element Mm-hmm. That we represented that said "fuck you" for it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I mean, one thing that you know, as someone who's not not in the Aboriginal community looking in, it actually felt like uh, in the public eye there were a couple of young blokes that weren't sports stars for Aboriginal kids to look up to as well. Yeah. Did you find that was a void as well that was kind of missing outside of you know every kid has a poster of whoever their favorite sports star is, black or white? Yeah, I think it was like you know, there's like a there's definitely like a missing piece. Mm-hmm. For like where there was always sports stars that yep. we knew that we could look to, mm-hmm. and that's what the media was happy to present too. Mm-hmm. These sports stars, and suddenly that the, there's these two other guys, you know, mean trials on the scene. He's still pretty handy sports stars, but yeah, know. not bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? We could Oz tag it, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like, you know, my whole thing was like, we're not there to take anyone's place we're there to add to the story mm-hmm. so we're not there to to like hey you can take your george rose poster down now and put up the briggs poster i say no you can put up the briggs poster and have a smaller poster of george yeah. <laughs> shout out to walgett <laughs> well we've spoken at length about you know your influences from the american music i'd like to know a little bit more about your other pursuits in life. I see you've got a crusty the clown tattoo on your arm. Correct. Tell us about how how um, a little indigenous kid from the middle of Victoria ended up working with Matt Groening. Well, creator of The Simpsons. If you're playing at home, yeah, I was. Well, I was never that little, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I guess like growing up in the nineties. The Simpsons was everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was hard yeah. to avoid and it just hit me. Like and, it, it, and it cast a pretty wide net, The Simpsons, you know, for all, whether you're living in the city or you're living in a country town, you know, it, it felt like it was kind of each show was about something else, you know, in your yeah. day-to-day. I think like in the sense of like just 
fandom. Yeah. The Simpsons was just, you couldn't ignore it. It yeah. was too consistent. It was yeah. there all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was on every night. It was more reliable than your footy coach. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so The Simpsons was just this thing that, that really struck me. And like, I was always into comedy. I always like, as, as a, like a cliche Tinder profile, I just love to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and walks. And, <laughs> nah, I'm not, not into walks. <laughs> no, nah, but, <laughs> nah, but yeah, there was this thing of like, it really hit me and, um, I've become obsessed with it. Like, you know, you know, I had the Simpsons tape. Everyone had a Simpsons tape to to watch and rewatch and and whatever. And then like you have the DVDs come out, mm. you know, much later on and, and I watched every season that I had up to maybe twelve or whatever with the director's commentary on. Jesus. So I knew That's a fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew who wrote what and who did what. Okay. So you knew Conan O'Brien did this and Yeah. Hank Azaria did this. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Josh Josh Weinstein and um, Bill Oakley who ran. Hartman, yeah. Yeah, Phil Hartman. Al Jane. Yeah. Al, Al Brooks, another genius, you know, but Phil, Phil was something special, man. And um, it's just wild. Like, you go from that to Twitter 20 years later and then I'm talking to, to Josh Weinstein who wrote some of my favorite jokes. Yeah. So how did that happen? How, how did you get... He followed me on Twitter. Yeah. And I can't remember if it went, how it went. Like, I don't know if I followed, I probably followed him because I was a Simpsons nerd. He followed me back and he checked my music out and he liked the song Shep Life. Yeah, he right. thought that was funny. Um, little, little Springfield in central Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it went from there. And he started like, like, you know, talking to me about it and like, we're going back and forth about comedy. I was asking him all my nerd questions. Mm-hmm who the hardest character to write for was. What um, do you reckon? Yeah. Um, Groundskeeper Willie. Right. Really? Yep. Trying to maintain an offensive stereotype <laughs> about Scottish people for 11 seasons. <laughs> well, everyone's, everyone's an offensive stereotype. In oh, Springfield. big time. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Luigi. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Luigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, that other character, which we won't mention, but... Uh... Oh, man. <laughs> Bro, after that shit happened, they, like, everyone asked me, man, every time, man, they're like, oh, so what do you think about Apu? I was like, I don't. Like, I don't think about Apu. Adam, um, how would you feel about coming on Hack this afternoon? Oh, God. <laughs> but like, it's like, we really want to talk to you. We really want to stitch you up about <laughs> and try to fuck up your opportunity <laughs> with, with, with Matt Groening by talking to you about Apu and using some horrendous headline to uh, put you on blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Don't but, worry, Adam. Everything you say here will be taken out of context. <laughs> but um, scene, <laughs> Finn. But um, like someone asked me the other day, and I was like, "Oh man, like I don't know, dude. Like everyone's a stereotype on the show. Mm. I, I've never seen that doco, but I I gathered everyone was upset because Hank Azaria did it, did the voice, mm. and he stopped. Mm. Like he said, yeah. he wouldn't do it anymore. Yeah." Yeah, I've heard you. All right, it's over. cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like bet. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. Like nobody mentions like when 
Trey Parker does a black voice yeah. on South Park. <laughs> or like the Chinese characters, yeah. which are very red on. Also hilarious. Also hilarious. But but you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. like yeah. they're running like, a capacity, that's what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you you're now you're not working on The Simpsons, which is still obviously ongoing. Minus a certain character. You're working on a new project with these guys. Disenchantment. Disenchantment. Yeah, it's the new one for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really cool, man. Like, watching your jokes come to life mm-hmm. on screen. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. Like, it's probably the coolest thing I've done mm. in terms of my own, you know, career. And when I look at it, yeah. it's like, it's pretty phenomenal to go from watching this show... You know, being the Simpsons and then working with the creators for sure, it's pretty um, spectacular for me because like I'm such a nerd. So yeah. I re- I do feel super fortunate that like if if this is the only one, yeah, the the episode I wrote, if it's the only one I ever do, you know what I mean. Even though they did invite me back, yeah. <laughs> but if if it turns out that this is the only one I ever do, like yeah. swish. I'm good. good. Like I'm happy. You would have been happy with a follow back anyway on Twitter. Oh, bro, <laughs> yeah. hard, hard. Just a few retweets, sick. <laughs> but like that's what I mean. Like yeah. at the end of the day, man. Like none of this stuff is planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I I never set out to be. You know, I'm going to be the the writer on The Simpsons or anything like mm-hmm. that. I'm going to be a writer on this kind of show. Mm-hmm. It happens, man. You know what I mean? Like this was never part of my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I just work with the opportunities that come my way and I just go super hard for it. Because, like, how – like, that's not a an atsier position yeah. on disenchantment, you know, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander yeah. position. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's – like, I'm there because – I'm funny as fuck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's my – There was you know, no you know, like an, incumbent. And that, no, yeah. no, there was nothing there that said – yeah, you know. for sure, for sure. It's not so like that it's, was, it's different to black comedy, which you've also worked on. Yeah. You know, it's it's different in that regard. It's I went well, fuck. It's fairy tale. So it's, it's for yeah. real. It is. Like I work on black comedy, and that's like working with my mates. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's funny and it's for home. Like yeah. that, that definitely feels like I'm writing for my cousins at home. Yep, and it's it's a different kind of fulfillment you get writing for black comedy. Like yeah. it's a different kind of fulfillment I get for doing the weekly with Charlie. Yeah. It's like another. It's a whole another audience that takes you straight into the Northcote living rooms. That oh, world, man. straight to straight to mums and nans. They love me. They see me in the street. And they say, "Oh, you're so clever." <laughs> like, yeah, Beryl, I am. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> but I love it, man. Like, because like I, I get to, you know, present different aspects of my personality like if you only listen to my rap music you might think i was just pissed off all the time yeah yeah for sure which is like that's tiring Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like these other places i get to relax and have some fun you know and like it's another aspect of like yeah you know you look at something like disenchantment man and working with like the nba Mm -hmm. of of comedy you know what i mean with david x cohen and you know matt groening and Josh and Bill mm. and you know, Rich Fuller and uh, Rich Fulcher, I should say, and like all these fantastic writers, man, and talent. You know mm. what I mean? Like John DiMaggio. You know what I mean? All these dudes who are just crazy. Best so, of best. Eric Andre. So, what was the most important thing they taught you over there um, about comedy and having to be a writer and whatnot? 
the direction there is is really brutal. It's it you know you know what you learn there is to show up and do the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no fluffing around. Like I've got marks on a script that says make that funnier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's great. Yeah. And it's like, all right, bet. You know what I mean? Like there's no Oh geez, if you could find the time to maybe just look over this again yeah, and maybe yeah. approach it from a different way, yeah, like yeah. that'd be like there's no feelings there. It's like no, make that funnier. Yeah. The the best thing Josh Weinstein taught me was to never write down, mm-hmm. write up, and people will meet you there. Yep. And if they don't, it's it's still funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the the biggest moments was after I watched my um animatic of my episode the animatic is like the sketches and stuff and they they run the the voices over it yeah and um they showed me it me josh bill uh, david x cohen um matt grading we're all sitting around this table and we're we're watching it they're all making notes talking about it and they look to me and they're like what do you think and i was like Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> like you know the, like the 60 minutes stopwatch just hit in my head yeah <laughs> i was like fuck what do i think jesus christ Dude, you know it was like in a monologue time like <laughs> wonder years what did adam <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were finally asking me what i thought of my, yeah it's good man of, 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 and then like you know i told him i was just like this needs to like I think this needs to change. This this could be quicker to make that funnier. Yeah. Rah rah rah. I don't like these characters doing this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and they like Hughes, you snapped into the blueprints, just mm. almost up there with a the screen in front of you, moving shit around. For real. Yeah. And they were like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. And like guys like that, you know, they already know what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. with with what's seen. So like at that point you're just adding. Yeah. Adding sure. to it. And so, like, yeah, that was probably one of the most um, pivotal moments for me because it wasn't about, you know, what they taught me. It was the fact that they, you know, I was a peer at that point, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why yeah. I was like, okay, this is this yeah. is the big leagues and I've got to play. Yeah. Well, you've been busy. You've been busy. Straight back from there, obviously, to work on, um, you know, a range of TV shows and, of course, your album, which is uh, – it's not an album. It's a release of singles. It's a It's a – it's yeah, I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Like the nature of music now, yeah, it could be an album. At some point, I'll jam them all on vinyl yeah. and sling yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm just trying to release music, man. Yeah. Like, you know, the the way that people consume music's changed a little bit. YouTube, oh, bro, <laughs> everything, yeah. just everything. Yeah. Like even Spotify has video now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, so I'm just, I just, I'm just so hungry to put new tunes out mm-hmm. that I'm just starting to sling them out. Okay, so this next wave of tracks will be called. We'll be going under the title of Briggs for PM. Yeah, it's a movement. It's a movement. I'd rather, it's not an album. It's a movement. A movement, movement, and of course, life is incredible. Out, out now, and, and and I've I've retired. You've retired officially. Yeah, I'm, right. I've retired. We'll get him into the upper house, and uh, that's. I've retired. I'm, it was it was my time to to relax and yep. put my feet up, as you'll see from my Instagram and stuff. I'm enjoying retirement. You know. Luke Carroll's there. It's a blast. And you're also working on a Beats One radio show. Yeah, the new Australia playlist on Apple Music. So this is you playing the role, I guess, of uh, curator of groaning. You, you're fostering new talent coming through. Trying to, yeah. yeah. Like there's so much cool stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like Western Sydney. Hell yeah. There's so many Western Sydney kids on this playlist. It's bananas. I should just call it the Western Sydney playlist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sick, the though, TNs. Man. 
<laughs> TNs Pans. everywhere. But yeah, that's on that's on Apple Music, yep. man. It's so dope. Yep. Um, and you know, thirtieth of May will be Bad Apple's house party at the Opera House. Beautiful. That's my retirement party. <laughs> well, he's been busy, so take a load off. Thanks for joining us today, Adam Briggs. Thank you, gentlemen.